Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On today's episode, we are welcoming in another NHL alumni this week in Craig Mooney. Craig joins us to talk about his career in Edmonton, what it was like to play three Stanley Cups, playing with the great one as well during that run, and what it was like to transition from on the ice to off the ice into scouting and so much more. Before we bring Craig onto the show, I just want to give a shout out to our production team and our marketing team for all their work that they do for each and every every episode and the merch. Also, make sure to use the Players Experience podcast to use some discount codes for some great companies as well to get yourself something nice. Also, too, guys, it's time to do it if you haven't already. Follow the Players Experience podcast on YouTube and Instagram and so much more. Hit the bell. Hit the subscribe button so you know when new episodes come out and make sure that you're the first ones to listen to them now without further ado let's tune in and hear what craig had to say about his hockey career Hey, Craig, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing today, right? Good. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on the show. How are things in Buffalo and, and where you are? Uh, good. We're uh, a little strange that how the U.S. is in Buffalo versus where things are in Canada, number-wise, and fan participation in sporting events. It's a little, little different, a little weird, but I guess everybody is a little cautious on the, the whole virus situation. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know what? We'll we'll get to the new normal eventually. Just hopefully it's yeah. this year, but we'll see. Yeah, knock, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> knock on all the wood there is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I always like to start off every episode I do with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to ask you four yeah. questions, and I just want you to let me know what the first thing that comes to your mind is. Sure. So what is your favorite time of day? Jeez. Waking up and going to sleep. <laughs> uh, probably the morning. You know, I, over time, I've become more of a morning person, which is the reverse from my playing days where you're more of a, a night person because you have that afternoon nap. So I really kind of enjoy getting up in the morning, having that shower, and getting ready for the day. Hey, sounds good. I know all about those afternoon naps when I worked with a hockey team doing media stuff. The road games, you hop on the bus, you take a nap, you're good to go. That, that's probably the one thing you'll find hockey players might say is the, the one thing they miss the most is, is the afternoon naps. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, what is the strangest thing in your fridge right now? Oh, geez. I think the other day I went in to get something and there was this, probably a clear mason jar of something I wasn't sure. So I had to ask my wife and she said it was some kind of peach moonshine which I didn't know was in there. I didn't know it was moonshine, so now I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's been watching too many Dukes of Hazards episodes out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's my surprise, too, what it was. <laughs> now, talking about uh, movies and TV shows, what's a TV show that you're currently watching right now? Well, I didn't watch some of the early episodes of some of those, I guess, the big shows back in their day, which could have been a few years ago. My son told me about a few of them. Um, so I just finished watching two and I'm on the third one now. So the first one I saw was Breaking Bad and I went to Sons of Anarchy 
And now I'm currently on Dexter. So I've seen, I've got one more season left of Dexter before I venture on to the next one. So that's kind of my, my current one that I'm watching. No, hey, those are three great movie, like TV shows. And if you ever want to watch another one, uh, Superstore, it's based off a retail chain and there's yeah. just like chaos that pursues and, and or ensues and everything. So that would be one that would be a, a fun one to watch as well. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah, sounds like real life. <laughs> um, and what, outside of hockey, what would be another sport that you would want to compete in? Well, you know what? When, the first thing I wanted to do when I got to high school was play football. And the one thing I never did in life was play football. Uh, other than I kind of classified my pro career as football on ice, the way I played, kind of reckless abandonment. So if I ha have one regret looking back as a kid or not being able to do something, it's probably to play high school football. Okay. And talking about that aggressive style on the ice, when did you know that you wanted to make a career out of hockey? Um, I think like every little boy growing up or boy or girl now, um, growing up playing minor hockey and that, uh, probably at an early age, um, used to watch hockey night in Canada back in the day, every Wednesday, every Saturday, but I wasn't playing organized hockey. It was street hockey. It was out on the pond. Um, my punishment for not doing my homework was can't watch hockey night in Canada. And that was more than enough to make make sure that I, I did my homework so I could watch the hockey. So, and again, grew up in Toronto, the Maple Leafs are huge. It's the team um, that I think everybody cheers for. And you realize actually when you turn pro, how much, how many Maple Leaf fans are, are not just in Toronto, but geographically all over the world and North America uh, that the fans show up in, in droves everywhere in every arena. I know it's absolutely insane. And and you look at even like the Blue Jays and now obviously the Blue Jays outside the Expos are now the only Canadian baseball team uh, for MLB. It's wild to see how crazy spread they are. Like you look at every Seattle home game that happens for the Mariners. Like that's basically a home game for the Jays at this point. Yeah. I'm, fi I'm finding very much a sim similar situation here in Buffalo is the Bills Mafia. Yeah. Uh, we have gone to a few, uh, visiting cities to see the the Bills games, and you, you can't get over the number of fans that show up at every Bills game, home or away, and they, they take they take it to the next level. Even do they take the tables with them? That's the biggest. <laughs> they probably buy them when they're there and just destroy them and leave them behind. Yeah, they don't want to have to signature mark behind. Yeah, they don't want to have to lug it all the way with them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, during your 16-year hockey career, you played with seven teams, including the Leafs and the Oilers, just to name a couple. You won three Stanley Cups with the Oilers in 1987, 88, and 90. What was it like to etch your name in history uh, for those three years? Well, I think it's like every child's dream is to win the Stanley Cup, and you're, you're playing street hockey or pond hockey, and you're basically at game seven in overtime scoring a winning goal. And having a chance to raise the cup. So I guess the best way for me to put the whole thing in perspective, because I was very, 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 very lucky and very fortunate to be on the right team at the right time. Um, obviously the first Stanley cup you win, it's like, you can't really even believe it or fathom that it happened. It was like a, one of those dream come true scenarios that you really have to pinch yourself that, that you're in, 
really won the cup and it took time to sink in even after um so after the first one being the so excited about it it's like well how can you really appreciate winning more than one when so many guys have a, a pro career and they don't even get close to having a chance to win one stanley cup so kevin lowe who was my partner at the time probably put it best in best perspective because he already won multiple cups at the time was watch the new players on the team and watch their reactions and how they live that dream and and that achievement and it'll bring you back to you bring being there for the first time again just reliving that moment through their eyes and their excitement it was perfect it was so true to to see those guys to win it for the first time reaching that ultimate goal and knowing you had a part in making it happen for them now, um, sorry. go ahead no i'm just gonna say you mentioned kevin lowe as one of your skating partners during those years you also got to play with the great one uh for one year before he headed to the kings what was it like to have gretzky on your team uh, as well, and, and what was the mentality like playing with him? Um, Gretz made the game easy. Um, as good as he was, he uh, and that's why, uh, like, even if you're talking today's game, the superstars, to me, the true superstars are the ones who not only produce themselves, but they make the others around them better. They make the team around them better. And, and Gretz was like that as a lot of the superstars were in those days and some of the players are today. Um, a good example I always give with, with Gretz, so is I was a defensive defenseman. And then on the odd rushes when I got up on the rush, typically you would go to the top of the circles. If you don't get the puck, you circle back to your point and get ready to play more defense on the offensive side of the zone. With Gretz, he was different. He, he'd gain the blue line, he'd circle back to create ice. And with him, you just keep going right to the net and keep your stick on the ice. And nine times out of 10, I can't see him through the traffic anymore. And some darn way, he was able to get the puck on your stick. So well, only when he was on the ice did I ever do that, just keep going to the net. Everybody else, I just kind of got to a certain point and then circle back if the puck wasn't there. Now, talking about earlier, you mentioned about playing football, wanting to play football when you were younger, and you were known as a defensive specialist in the NHL, as well as a penalty kicker, killer, and a shot blocker. What would you say is the most challenging task during your career, during any given game, like managing to get the puck from Gretzky, but also playing in those roles? Yeah, the, the, the one good thing about, I guess, that team or any championship team and teams who win, it's you have to have a lot of a lot of things go right for one, but you have to have, you can't have the same type of player throughout your roster. Good example is the current Oiler team when they had all those first overall draft picks and they kept picking the same small skilled forward and never built the rest of the team around them. Where the Oilers back in the day, I think were kind of an advanced team compared to everybody else and more like today's teams except for we had probably, we had the fighters and the hitters and all that, which doesn't exist anymore. But the one thing that we, we learned in Edmonton was everybody has a job, everybody has a role. 
and basically we all we had to do was do our job play our role and everything would look after itself so for us kevin and myself we were basically um, the shutdown defense pair so we played a lot against the other team's first line guys so shutting down the Gretzky's, the Mews, the Eisermans, um, the Pavel Burries, those types of guys. So it was kind of a challenge. And I always looked at penalty killing the same way. It's a challenge being a guy down. So um, my whole career was basically based on hard work, learning the game, understanding the game and positions and learning how to shut somebody down. You, let's just put it this way. You had a little bit of a thicker playbook to read through than the rest of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it, again, it was – you look, You take today's game or yesterday's game and it's still all the same. The teams up like Tampa Bay who won the last two, they've got great goaltending. You can't win without it. They've got some great scorers uh, who, who score at the right time, make plays. Uh, they got depth. They have three lines. They have a solid six defense, or, or I guess more nowadays, too, they, they'll play four defense as much as they will six. And you need, you really need that because it's, it's, it's a grind. You play basically for two months and you're playing every other day. And that's hoping you don't have any injuries during that time frame or playing with whatever injuries you had. Yeah, exactly. Now you played a lot of games during that 16-year career. Yeah. Out of all the games, this might be the toughest question I toss at you, but out of all the games that you played, was there one that stands out as either your most favorite to play in or hardest one to compete in? A um, couple scenarios or situations, I guess, come to mind for that. Um, obviously, my first NHL game was, was huge and, I guess, the start of the whole thing. So... Um, I was playing junior hockey and with the Windsor Spitfires at the time, and Toronto was actually playing in Detroit uh, that night. So they called up myself and Darwin McCutcheon, who were both 19 years old. We were both drafted to the Leafs. So we played our both of our first games were in Joe Louis Arena. And I remember that game was our defense was uh, Jim Benning, Bob McGill, um, Darwin, myself, uh, Fred Boimstruck, and I think there was one older defenseman. So five of the six defense that night were uh, one 18-year-old and four 19-year-olds. And we actually happened to win that game in Detroit. So so that one stands out. Obviously, the games uh, against Calgary during the uh, Battle of Alberta were always memorable games and games you always look forward to and actually better be ready to play because it was never going to be a walk in the park. And then uh, playing in the original six buildings um, always was special for me because growing up as a hockey fan just in general um, and watching hockey, hockey night in Canada, in particular Maple Leaf Gardens being a Toronto boy. And after I left the Leafs and went to other teams and we came back to Maple Leaf Gardens, every pregame ritual was mainly getting my treatment, getting my sticks and equipment ready. And then I would take a cup of coffee and just walk the corridor of Maple Leaf Gardens. And they had the old pictures of uh, prior Maple Leaf teams and players um, all around the corridor, all the way around and just 
taking a walk around and walk down memory lane and appreciate the history of the game. That's awesome. And you know what? It's really cool to be able to do that and just kind of reliving the memories and just know why you're here, why you're playing and why you want to be a hockey player. Yeah. So one thing I think we always remember were the people, the players who came before us. And it's like even today, people come up or aren't you pissed that you didn't make the, don't make the, didn't make the money that they do now. And it's, it's all relative because when we played, we made more than the guys before us, but the guys before us also paved the way, started the players association. And it was a process to get to where they are now. And I'll never be begrudge the players, the money they make now. They've, they've worked their whole lifetime to get to that point and have earned it. Yeah, exactly. Now, in 1998, you decided to step away from the game. How was the transition for you from being on the ice constantly, as you mentioned, the the bus rides, the afternoon naps, the the feel of being in the rink to to not having that on a daily basis? Uh, probably the first thing that stands out is my body thanked me for, <laughs> for not having the, the wear and tear. But um, after I retired from hockey, I got into pro scouting, so I was kind of on a different side of it. I did that for five years, which was, it was interesting to see how a team was built. Although you're on the, a couple Stanley Cup teams, you see it inside the dressing room. So you kind of have a feel for knowing what it takes and how to put a, a team together. So it was a good transition that way. And then I end up heavily getting involved with coaching my three kids and their um, minor and travel sports around uh, Buffalo here where they grew up and never really thought I would do that. I kind of just really wanted to be a dad and just watch them grow up and watch them do their sports. And, um, but for a few reasons, I ended up getting more heavily involved than I ever thought I would. And it was good. It's, it's like you always hear. And my mom says, is you kids grow up too fast enjoy that time and it's so true because when i retired my kids were still fairly young like five six years old now they're in late 20s early 30s and that time period went went by really fast so if i can say anything to parents out there is enjoy that time when your kids are kids and the travel hockey the travel softball travel baseball all that because those are the fun times now, talking about mentors and, and your support for when you're growing up and you're playing hockey or playing any sport, really, and, and taking your kids to the, to the games and things like that, was there someone for you that was your biggest mentor and supporter growing up? Um, obviously, my parents. Um, and I'm sure even today, a lot of people, kids or pro players will say their parents gave up a lot for, for you to have even a chance or an opportunity. And it's not a cheap sport to play. Um, so I, at the time, my mom early, my, when I was little, my mom was a single mom and she would put a full work, uh, full hours of work in. She would come home. We didn't have a car and she'd come home, grab me and we would walk hand, well, not hand in hand, but hold, I'd hold one side of the hockey bag and she would hold the other. We walk the streets to the streetcar and subways and get to the games. So um, things like that. Um, I remember my dad one time, and I thanked him for this after my career, because I don't know if he really even realized or remembers the conversation. We were at my sister's figure skating, and out of the blue, he, 
he said, I'll bet you you'll never make it to the NHL. And I think I might have been about 13, 14 at the time. Okay. And I just kind of looked at him and thought, that's, first of all, it's a weird thing to say. And I kind of said, why would you say that? He said, three things will keep you out of the NHL. And I said, well, what three things is that are would that be? Uh, sex, drugs, or alcohol. And it stayed in the back of my mind forever. And I was to be sure and damn sure that one of those three things would never be the reason I never made it. So I don't know if he did that on purpose or not, but it was the best advice he probably didn't realize he, he gave me. And you hear so many stories. There's so many reasons why there's a lot, or a lot of good hockey players that don't make it for so many various reasons. But those those are definitely three reasons a kid, um, especially a young boy who leaves home early at a young age to go live with a, a strange family in a strange city can easily get in so much trouble. Now, talking about that advice, whether it's meant or not, what advice would you have? And this is a section I like to wrap up every episode with called Words of Wisdom. What would your words of wisdom or advice be for the next generation of hockey players or even just athletes that want to get into sport? Obviously, stay away from sex, drugs, and alcohol. But what else, <laughs> what else would you like to kind of share with the next generation? Well, I know nowadays the kids specialize in hockey, baseball, whatever their sport is at such an early age. And I'm a firm believer you, you shouldn't, not, not when you're seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. It's let the kids be a kid, um, let them play other sports. It's not like they're not doing anything. It, it still helps your hand-eye coordination playing baseball, lacrosse, whatever it is that you're playing other than hockey, instead of specializing in something at such an early age. Um, the other thing I would say to parents is don't pressure your kid. This is their life. Their, technically, their careers are to be careers. If they don't want to do it and they don't love the sport and they're not ready to go to a game, you have to drag them to a game. Nine times out of ten, they're going to quit because they don't, they're going to not want to do it for you at some point. They have to want it, and you can't teach that it's either in the kid or it's not in the kid that that, that desire is there um and then hard work um i i i was never the most talented player on any of my teams but nobody was going to outwork me so i have a theory on hard work versus talent and i've seen as a kid some kids were way up here with pure talent from eight years old all the way through midget hockey and then other kids were below them. But the kids who have that pure talent, if they don't work hard, the kids who do work hard eventually close that gap. And the kid who has just pure talent, eventually the talent catches up as the kids get older. And now they have a work ethic. And you can see there's a flip-flop of the two eventually down the road. And then the other thing I would say is go to college if you have an opportunity to go to college. Uh, back in our day, wasn't really the, it was an option, but not the best option where today and going back to playing other sports, if you're good enough at any sport, there's so many scouts out there, uh, bird, wa bird watchers out there, um, who's are going to see you, find you, talk about you and you'll get on somebody's radar. So 
again, just have fun, be a kid, enjoy life, and don't put pressure on them. It's too much pressure in life as it is. I know. Tell me about it. Well, hey, yeah. that's some great words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Craig, for taking the time to be on the show and talk about your experiences, talk about your cup run, and uh, really appreciate your time today. Well, I appreciate it. Always nice to talk hockey and bring back some old memories. And if I can help somebody out at some point in time or they take one person takes anything out of it, that'd be, be a dream come true. That's awesome. Well, thank you again. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you around the rink at some point. Sounds good. Yeah. Hopefully Canada opens up soon again. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah.